Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Sally Murphy. First up, it was a huge week for softball fans in New Zealand as the Black Sox claimed gold at the World Championships in Canada after beating Australia 6-4. New Zealand's Joel Evans hit a Grand Slam home run with the bases loaded in the sixth innings to take a 6-3 lead going into the final inning, helping his side to their seventh world title. Black Sox coach Mark Sorensen says he had a feeling Evans was capable of something special in the lead-up to his home run. When you look at it, that loaded bases, full count, final of the World Series, I mean, it's stuff of fairy tales. You can just see the emotion on, on Joel as he was running around the bases. And, you know, he's a real baller and, and um, you know, really proud of uh, the way that he hung tough and got a great outcome there. Joel Evans says the feeling of running over home base knowing his side were once again world champions was incredible. It's a dream come true, really. Um, you know, every kid at home dreams about this sort of stuff and... Uh, you know, this is an opportunity that came by and it happened and now I'm just feeling pumped and very proud, very proud moment, you know. It wasn't just the one hit, but, you know, all the boys came through and, uh, yeah, the end were the winners, which is awesome. It's getting down to the nitty-gritty in Super Rugby with the quarter-finals this weekend. The Hurricanes take on the Brumbies. The two southern sides, the Crusaders and Highlanders, clash on Saturday night. The Chiefs play the Stormers and the Lions play the Sharks. The pressure's on. Whoever loses this weekend is out of the running. So I asked our rugby expert, Joe Porter, who he's backing to win. The Brumbies, in fact, beat them in Canberra at the start of last year and the Hurricanes are looking to make amends for that result. They weren't very pleased with that, although the Hurricanes came from behind to beat them this year in in the Super Rugby competition in Napier, so they did produce a pretty uh, compelling performance this year to beat them. Hurricanes, of course, heavy favourites. No Australian team has beaten a single New Zealand team this year. The Brumbies, of course, finished with less points than the Blues, who didn't even make the playoffs. They had half as many wins as the Hurricanes this season, scored half as many points. So the Brumbies are certainly rank outsiders, although we all know that they can play a traditional Sturgeon type of game and try and suffocate them in Canberra. Uh, however, I think the Hurricanes will be backing their ability, especially they're, they're coming off a good one against the Crusaders, where they were the underdogs. It was a very, very uh, engaging performance, and they'll be looking to reproduce that kind of effort against the, the Brumbies. And if they do, they should get over the line. I mean, the quirk of the Super Rugby draw is that it, that's being played in Canberra this weekend. The Brumbies, like I just said, have, have half as many wins as the Hurricanes and half as many points accumulated on the board, or 14 less points, sorry. So it's really it should be being played in Wellington, but such is the quirk of the Super Rugby draw. And the big Southern Derby, obviously I'm going to be backing the Crusaders. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can come back from their loss last week to beat the Highlanders? I think they will. I think the Crusaders will be very unhappy with what happened last week because this is what ended up ruining their run to the finals last year too. The Hurricanes beat them in about five or so games to go and ran that right through to the to their win last season and it sort of, I don't know, it's put a roadblock and the Crusaders pushed towards the finals and they stumbled. So They'll be pissed off. They'll be <clears throat> wanting to make sure that doesn't happen again this year. And, of course, they were unbeaten until that game. So, they, in my mind, they're still the heavy favourites. They'll be rearing to go. And I, the Highlanders, well, losing to the Hurricanes 
probably did the Highlanders no favours because now they're going to face a Crusader side who are determined to, and have that extra motivation of wanting to make amends for last week, which they thought was, I guess, an underwhelming performance from them. So, yeah, I, I would predict the Crusaders to run out with it. And the Chiefs Stormers, is that going to be an easy one? Oh, the sort. The Chiefs heading to South Africa, they should be favourites to win, although they do have the travel schedule to deal with. The Stormers have beaten them already this season. The Stormers beat them earlier in the year in South Africa, I believe. Uh, so, therefore, they have the confidence, I guess, of, of knowing that they have that one under their belt going into it. Um, they've played five New Zealand sides this year, the Stormers, so they won't be unfamiliar with a New Zealand team's style of play, um, which will help a lot. Uh, they won't be caught off guard by the intensity or high tempo. Like I say, they've beaten the Chiefs already this year, so they'll take confidence from that. However, the Chiefs are the better side and have the better results and record this season, so they are, should be favourites to win and should come away with that. But it is, it is tough going to Africa to win, and it, it's a one-off game. Uh, the Stormers will be up for it. The Chiefs will get a lot of support from Cape Town, though, because they tend to support New Zealand teams a lot down there. So it's probably the, the hardest one to pick of the round, I'd say. And the last quarter, the Lions-Sharks, what are you picking for that? Yeah, well, it would be great if the Sharks could get up and upset the Lions because then it would give the, the Crusaders or one of the New Zealand sides a home run through the rest of the playoffs. However, I do see the Lions, who qualified top of the table with the most points, getting up over their local rivals. They've been beating all the other super rugby sides this year. They haven't played any New Zealand ones, interestingly enough, but they've beaten all the South African sides fairly easily. They'll be heavy favourites going into this match at home in Joburg, and I can't see them relinquishing that home playoff advantage. So I think the Lions will get up easy on that one, and unfortunately that means they will reclaim home advantage for the rest of the finals. New Zealand cyclist George Bennett had to bow out of the Tour de France this week due to illness. Bennett, who was suffering from a high fever, quickly slipped back from the peloton during the third category climb during the 16th stage. His deficit grew to more than six minutes before he pulled out about halfway. Bennett was 12th overall when he quit, but had been as high as 9th. Bennett told Joe Porter he never thought it would end the way it did. It's just devastating really that, that you put everything into this and you, you devote your whole life to this for, for months on end, and, or for years I guess even, and... Uh, yeah, as you say, pretty pretty good position to be in, and and then it all sort of uh, goes to shit over something that that yeah, you know, is essentially is out of your control. So uh, just trying to um, look forward really now, and 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 you know, just get healthy is the main thing. So what you've been suffering from some kind of illness over the last few days? It, it reached a, a point where I, I guess it got particularly bad on today's stage. Yeah, it started off pretty okay. It was just uh, a few days ago, I just had a little bug, and in the in the stage, um, I started getting a bit of a fever and, and really pushed myself through and managed to finish with through me and there's a group of about ten of us and uh, and I could feel something was coming then, but I woke up yesterday on the rest day and and it wasn't too bad and I thought I'd sort of dodged it, but uh, yesterday afternoon it just it just came on like very very quickly and just absolutely paralysed me with this crazy fever and yeah couldn't couldn't get out of bed and just slept for 14 hours and and uh yeah and could even eating or anything was just there was i don't know what it was but it's um i woke up this morning and the fever dropped yeah nearly three degrees which is which meant i could start um but it was yeah it wasn't gone unfortunately and uh started Today and today just started straight up a big hill, and there was it was pretty evident early on that um, if you're off, if you're off a little bit in this race, you know you 
you're you're out, you're in trouble. And if you're off that much, then well, there's just no chance. I mean, I, 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 I suppose it must be incredibly frustrating having performed so well in all the other stages so far that even just being having to pull out on one stage because you can't quite do it, that's your whole tour over. It's it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, cycling is is such a cruel sport. I mean, we're seeing a lot of guys go home this this race, and uh, I think out of all the guys that have gone home, I've got away the lightest. I've got a bug, and I'll be I'll be all right in a week. Whereas you know, like my teammates in a brace for for eight weeks with a broken back, and there's collarbones and ribs and hips and everything that have been broken this this tour. So it's it's uh, yeah. When I look at it that way, I think okay, I got away. Got away lightly, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I never thought I wouldn't make it to Paris. <laughs> Does it really rankle? Does it frustrate you? I mean, what do you do to get over this mentally? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's sort of un, uncharted territory for me, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super disappointed now. But I'm I'm also fearful that the worst is yet to come. You know, you get home and it's quiet, and you sort of see the guys battling it out in the mountains, and you see a few of them cracking, and you think about what could have been and um i think yeah i, I don't know I, I guess maybe a good good strategy is, is to start getting excited about the next one and and that's all i can do and uh yeah i've already been looking at a few stage profiles from the welter and um that's a big one in spain in a month's time and uh yeah i think i think this is also part of being a cyclist and and being a, a sportsman is, is learning to deal with this stuff and if you can't get over it, if you can't deal with it, then uh, you won't be a good sportsman. What do you do now, man? Do you do you, do you sort of step away from it and t- try not to watch the rest of the tour? Maybe, like you say, hang out with some of your friends in a nice European summer, your girlfriend, and try and take a sort of step away from it? Or is it too hard? Do you think yeah. you'd just be glued to the tally and feeling frustrated? Yeah, uh, it's I don't know. Because uh, on one hand, I'm a cycling fan as well, and I like to watch good bike racing, but... Uh, on the other, I think I've tortured myself enough for for two two and a half weeks, and don't need to drag myself through another week of uh, of thinking about what could have been. But um, yeah, I think it, it might be best to step away from it. Uh, sometimes that's quite hard in Toronto because it's a it's a huge cycling community there. Um, whereas, say back in New Zealand, it's very easy to step away from it because you just you know out where I live in New Zealand, it's it's uh, it's you know, there's not, there's not, you don't run into a cyclist every every few minutes. But um, yeah, I think, I think, I just have to, you know, maybe go spend a few days at the coast. But the, the priority is actually getting healthy. And the, the way I'm feeling at the moment is, I'll be stuck in bed for a, for a good few days at least. George Bennett talking to Joe Porter. There'll be twice the amount of reason to keep track at the British Open this week, with two New Zealanders qualifying for men's golf's third major of the year. Auckland golfers Ryan Fox and Michael Hendry are part of the 156-strong field that'll take the hallowed fairways of Royal Birkdale, just north of Liverpool. Matt Chatterton spoke to the pair. On the tee from New Zealand, Ryan Fox. Ryan Fox is no stranger to the British Open. But for Michael Hendry, this will be his first appearance at a tournament that ranks as one of the most prestigious in world golf. He's had a successful 2017 season to date, but the 37-year-old admits the British Open is a step up in competition from what he's used to. 
but he takes great confidence from this year's New Zealand Open when he became the first New Zealander in 14 years to win the title. You know, it's one that I target as a as an event every year that I want to do my very best at. So even though the prize money's a tenth and, and the crowds are smaller and the, I'm playing at home and all the rest of it, it, to me it still feels as intense because I want to do just as well as I do at a major. Hendry's longtime friend Ryan Fox is also coming to the British Open in good form. Having finished 4th, 6th and 4th in his last three tournaments on golf's second biggest tour, the European Tour. His recent run of form has taken even him by surprise, given at the start of the year he was worried his game was so bad he might lose his status on the tour. Two weeks ago I wasn't. I was planning on having a week off and, and moving into our place in London. Obviously to be able to play in a major, it's awesome and you know, a great achievement. I don't really have too many expectations this week. I've got nothing to lose. I can go out and... You know, as you said, the form's been pretty good. I'd, I'd you know, love to keep it going. I'd just go out and, and try to score as, as well as I can. In Fox's first major appearance at the Open two years ago, he finished in a tie for 49th at St Andrews. The 30-year-old quietly admits he'd like to finish a little closer to the top of the leaderboard this time around, especially given Royal Birkdale is just a few kilometres across the water from Royal Lytham and St Anne's, where Sir Bob Charles scored a famous Open victory in 1963. It won't be easy though. The British Open field is once again stacked with the world's best golfers. Americans Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler are odds-on favourites to take the title, while young Spanish rising star John Rahm is also in red-hot form. For extra time, Matt Chatterton. Team New Zealand have confirmed they're looking to stage the next regatta in Auckland in early 2021. They've also released some preliminary guidelines requiring boats to be built in the team's own country and for an unspecified number of sailors also to be from that country, possibly putting Dean Barker and Jimmy Spittle in a tricky situation. Auckland University Head of Sport and Recreation Mark Orams told Checkpoint the changes are a move back to the original America's Cup concept. For New Zealand and the boat building industry, I mean, the last the last event was quite a bonanza. So those major boats were were largely built in Walkworth. So, what does it mean for them? Well, of course, um, there are many components that get built in these boats, and I, I'm sure that the rule won't say anything uh, about some of the componentry and small aspects of it, because that would exclude a number of nations who don't have high-tech boat-building industries from potentially challenging. So I, I, I don't think it's um, it's the, the end for core composites in Walkworth. I mean, that's, that's their decision, of course. Uh, but there will be, still be plenty of opportunities for business for them. And, of course, they already do a, a whole series of business outside of the America's Cup. Uh, they, they have good um, business opportunities with other areas to do with uh, manufacturing and, and modern composite technology. So I don't think that's of major concern, but that's their call and their owner's call as to where, where they're located. That nationality requirement, though, where does that leave Dean Barker? Because, of course, he headed the Japanese crew this last time. Yes, well, it'll be an interesting one for not just Dean Barker, but for people like Jimmy Spittle uh, as well. Uh, obviously, they were competing for nations that they're not citizens of, so they've got to make a decision. Uh, they would have, if they have an opportunity, I would assume, and it depends on the rules of the particular nation involved, as to whether they become a citizen uh, of that country, and that's um, that's for them to make uh, that call. But but I'm actually in support of this idea. I think that uh, it seems a little bit strange that you have a team with a country name like USA 
and there's only one sailor on board from that country. Similarly, a, a team called Team Japan, uh, where there's only one Japanese citizen on board the yacht. Uh, so I, I, that's not really what was in mind for the America's Cup. And, uh, and I think to move back to having the crew, the competing crew, uh, citizens or nationals of the country of the challenging yacht club is a good thing. It could also mean, though, that Team New Zealand loses Glenn Ashby. Well, potentially, but uh, of course he's been resident in New Zealand for quite some time now, so uh, he would meet the eligibility to apply for New Zealand citizenship, I assume, if he chose to. Uh, So that's an option available, not just for him, but for others as well. And of course, Uh, Four years years away to the the next Cup uh, summer of 2021. And also, Mark, there's no mention of what class of yacht will be used in this statement. We'll have to wait until September, it seems. Yes, that's right. So it's just a really preliminary, if you like, kind of setting some of the ground rules or the philosophy. Um, and and the two decisions that they have indicated, well, there are three things. One, that they're going to hold it in Auckland, probably the summer, early summer of 2021. Secondly, that they're going to bring back a country of origin in terms of construction. They haven't said how much, what percentage, whether it's 100%, 50%. Um, and, but, and thirdly, that, that the competing crew, so uh, those are the people who are actually racing the yacht, uh, need to be nationals of the yacht club of the country of origin. So th- they've given an indication there, put a stake in the ground, if you like, of where they're seeing this go. Uh, so it'll be interesting as to whether that same philosophy is applied to the yachts, because, of course, it's only been the last two cups that we've gone to multi-hulls and foiling yachts. So it uh, be interesting to see what Team New Zealand and the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron, together with the Challenger of Record from Italy, announce for the next boat. Uh, I'd be very surprised if they go back to a boat that's not high performance and cutting edge, because that is the tradition of the America's Cup. Whether that's a foiling multi-hull, whether it's a mono-hull with foils, I'm not sure. But, but I'd be confident that we will see the sort of yacht that they uh, have the parameters around continues with the tradition of the America's Cup being cutting edge and at the pinnacle of the sport of sailing internationally. That's Mark Orams talking to Sharon Brett Kelly. And that wraps up another episode of Extra Time. For more sports news, make sure you check out our website, rnz.co.nz forward slash sport. Have a good one. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.